In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If anyone saith that by those words, do this for the commemoration of me, Christ did not institute the apostles' priests, or did not ordain that they and other priests should offer his own body and blood, let him be anathema. The words that you have just heard come from the 22nd session of the Council of Trent. You've all heard before that today marks the anniversary of the priesthood. And I would not have you have any doubts in your mind about the event, so that if anyone asks you, when did Christ institute the sacrament of holy orders, you can respond without hesitation at the very moment when he instituted the sacrament of his body and blood. As that same immortal council teaches us, under the former testament, as the apostle Paul bears witness, there was no perfection because of the weakness of the Levitical priesthood. And so there was need, as God the Father of mercies so sweetly disposed, that another priest should rise, according to the order of Melchizedek, our Lord Jesus Christ, who might consummate and lead to what is perfect all those who were to be sanctified. Our God and Lord was about to offer himself once on the altar of the cross unto God the Father, and by means of his death to work an eternal redemption. Nevertheless, because his priesthood was not to be extinguished by his death in the Last Supper, on the very night in which his betrayal was underway, he must leave to his own beloved spouse, the Church, a visible sacrifice, such as the nature of man requires, whereby that bloodiest sacrifice, once to be accomplished on the cross, might be represented, and the memory thereof remain even unto the end of the world, and its salutary virtue be applied to the remission of those sins which we daily commit. Declaring himself constituted a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, he offered up to God the Father his own body and blood under the species of bread and wine, and under the symbols of those same things. He delivered his own body and blood to be received by his apostles, whom he then constituted priests of the New Testament. And by those words, do this in memory of me, he commanded them and their successors in the priesthood to offer them, even as the Catholic Church has always understood and taught. For having celebrated the ancient Passover, which the multitude of the children of Israel immolated in memory of their going out of Egypt, he instituted the new Passover, namely himself, to be immolated under visible signs by the church through the ministry of priests in memory of his own Passover or passage from this world unto the Father, when by the effusion of his own blood he redeemed us and delivered us from the power of darkness and conducted us into his kingdom. And this is indeed that clean oblation which cannot be defiled by any unworthiness or malice, even of those who offer it, which the Lord foretold by Malachias was to be offered in every place, clean unto his name, which was to be great among the Gentiles. The Holy Eucharist is at once sacrament and sacrifice. And since there is no sacrifice without our priesthood, our blessed Savior would not institute this new sacrifice 
and leave his church for one moment without an enduring priesthood by which she could fulfill his commandment, do this for the commemoration of me. This is the essence of the priesthood of the New Testament. We can say that in this last age of an aging world, to be a priest means to be able to pronounce the words of our Lord and thereby cause him to be really, truly, and substantially present under the appearances of bread and wine, so that he appears as he did on that first Good Friday, not yet in a state of glory, but as a blood offering for the sins of the world. As we prepare for that darkest of days on the church calendar, when Mass itself will not be celebrated, and when the chanting of the Passion will be its own sermon, let us thank our good God for the Catholic priesthood, our only link with that first Holy Week 2,000 years ago, and which is all our hope and our salvation. And let us pray for all men, living and deceased, who have been called to participate in that one eternal high priesthood, especially all priests who have ever offered the supreme sacrifice on the altars of this church. We do not have many sacrifices. We have but one, the sacrifice of the cross, made truly present here and now under the sacramental veils. And so we have not many priesthoods. We have but one, the priesthood of Jesus Christ. That is why any man raised to this dignity by the bishop's laying on of hands must be called an Alta Christus, another Christ. He is our priest, and he is our victim, our sacred host. Like Christ, our high priest and victim, the priest is raised up, he is broken, and he is consumed. Like the host, he is raised up, exalted among men, not so that he may receive honor and praise in this world, but that so that while our high priest now reigns gloriously at the right hand of the Father, people may gaze upon the frail man who represents him here on earth and see the one whom they have pierced by their sins. Like the host, the priest is broken. On this night, our Lord told his disciples, the servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If the priest on earth is faithful to his master, he will be broken in two, and at least a small fragment of his person will be mingled in blood. If he is not persecuted, he is simply fleeing from his priesthood. Even if he does not openly betray our Lord, like the newly ordained Judas, he turns his back on his vocation when, like Peter this very night, in the haunting words of the gospel, he follows Christ only from afar. The priest who hedges his vocation on avoiding hardship and persecution, who follows his master only from a safe distance, will soon find need to mingle among the enemies of the cross of Christ and warm himself with the fires of the world. Like the host, the priest is consumed. All the baptized are immersed in Christ's death 
They are all called to put off the old man and don the new. How much more so the priest? How much more should he desire that nothing remain of his self-love, but that he be utterly devoured for the salvation of the sheep entrusted to him? No one has ever understood this truth more deeply than the inspired writer St. Paul, who, met with rebellion, contempt, and betrayal by his own little lambs, declared, I most gladly will spend and be spent myself for your souls. Although loving you more, I be loved less. This is the sublime vocation of the priesthood, which we are called to adore today. In so doing, we are led not to praise and flatter the unworthy men who have been raised to it, but seeing so many priests faithful in their ministry, we are led to consider him whom we have pierced by our sins and thank him for dying for us. To him, our eternal high priest, be all honor and glory unto ages of ages. Amen.